Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on? Hello, friends. Welcome back. Hello. We're so excited to have you here. Thanks for coming on and listening. Yes. If you are new, welcome to More Than a Season podcast. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. We're so happy to have you here. If you are an OG listener, you know that we love you and we appreciate you being here. Yeah, it's always awesome to get messages from you guys and just connect um, with the podcast platform. So thanks again for being here. We absolutely love our community and we just are so excited to have everyone here and continue to grow. And we just hope that you guys could take a second and pause and give us a follow on all of our social media platforms. And then also if you could give us a review, that helps us so much. Yes, it helps other playmakers find our community and and to just get our word out there about the podcast. So we just would love if you would subscribe and give us a review on your choice of podcast platform. Yes, and if you have not seen already, we have some pretty dang cute sweatshirts out there. Yeah, we're pretty proud of them. And so if you have not ordered one, we have one week left. So March 7th is closing. And so we want to make sure that you guys grab your sweatshirts. There is a cropped version as well as a full sweatshirt version with the words worthy and more than enough. And so plenty of color options to choose from. So make sure that you get yours. They're so, so cozy. I literally was wearing mine. Actually, I wear almost every single day, Mm -hmm. but I was wearing it all weekend and it's so comfortable. We've both been like washing and then re-wearing our sweatshirts. So it's definitely one that you'll come back to every single time. Yeah. So make sure you grab that, be a part of the playmaker community. And we're just so excited to see y'all's pictures and the sweatshirts. Yeah. So what did you guys do this weekend? How was your weekend? Oh man. Yeah. We went to Sam's club. Now, normally everyone else, you know, that's not in the sports industry. If you're in a city, you just like go to Sam's club. It's not a big deal, but here we have to drive an hour ish to Sam's club Mm -hmm. to venture there. So we went there, um, it was raining and we made the poor choice to go at two 30 in the afternoon on a Saturday day and it was like d-day it was so crazy and i don't do well when there's like a million carts and people just stand in the middle of the aisle it drives me insane so we walked in and it was just crowded as can be and we just i mean i divided and conquered i was like i'm going on these aisles carson you go down the other ones we'll meet in the middle and carson will probably like get on to me for sharing this but we were going down the aisle and i left him like to go farther in front and his cart got snagged on someone else's cart in the hanger, like the hook Uh connected to his cart. So it pulls him backwards and the lady's like, Oh, we're stuck. Like in the the middle of the aisle. And so he's like stranded in the back and I didn't even stop. I just kept going. I was like, I'm going to the detergent. I'm going. So he came around. He's like, Ashley, you left me stranded back there. I was like every man for themselves. Like we got to get the mentality. 
when you're in those situations. You're like, I gotta go. Sorry, figure it out. Yeah, so we checked out. Literally, it was like set in the checkout line for about 30 minutes and people were feisty. Like I was trying to line my cart up and this lady that was like in a, like it was one of those scooter things. Yeah. She like looked over her shoulder and she's like, are you cutting? I was like, no, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to get out of the way. So tension was high at Sam's Club. We made an hour and a half trek as well, <laughs> but we went to a different location. We went to Tuscaloosa to Home Goods, and we ended up going to TJ Maxx in Target as well. And there was a ton of people, and I hate those situations. Yes. And I was telling Drew, like, I don't understand because, of course, like, we have to go on the weekends because, you know, Mm -hmm. we don't live close. But, like, if I lived close, I would go during the week. Like, I would go during my lunch break and just go and run my errands, you know? So, I was like, why are all these people here that live here? Oh, yeah. It's like an event. I'm like, what is happening? Like, I do not want to go. Yeah, I hate, like, uh, I get so, like, claustrophobic and I hate a bunch of people, like, around. And then Mm -hmm. I feel like... I'm like, I wish they had the arrows, you know, that they had during COVID, like (laughs) go down this way. I know that everyone hated it, but I swear I ran into so many people and I was like, ah, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I don't know what to do. You know, you're like dancing with them in the aisle and it's so awkward. Or then there's the people that just like park their cart in the middle of the aisle. Oh. And you're like, I just want to like get around you. Or like, I just want to kind of like go next to you and look at the item that you're looking at. It's so frustrating to me. Yeah. I always go, excuse me. I'm sorry. Excuse, excuse me. I'm sorry. Yeah. You just say it over and over. Although I feel like that that's true. Yeah. Like he just like spaces <laughs> or he'll like, be like texting. <laughs> he'll be like texting and walking. And I was like, dude, you're like in the way. Like you're being one of those people that's just like slow poke in the middle of the walkway. And people are like, come on, man. I but, know. But at least you didn't have to go to Sam's Club. You had some fun stores to go to. And every time we move, do you always look up where the closest oh, target yeah. is? Oh, yeah, I do. So when we moved or when we found out we were going to move here, the first thing I looked up were hair extensions. Yeah. If y'all know, you know, mm-hmm. I love my hair extensions. So that was the first thing I looked up is a hair studio that would be able to do those. And the second thing I looked up was home goods. And I was really devastated to find that it was like so far away, <laughs> but TJ Maxx is like my close second. And then I go target. I'm not going to lie. I think targets like my third. Yeah. You're, you have a different order than like majority. I, I know. Like. I but know. That's okay. But I feel like that's because I, I don't like going into stores because I like get such bad anxiety and I get so claustrophobic. I hate like crowded areas so I would rather order things online Mm -hmm. but I feel like with furniture items like you can't order furniture online it's just not the same it just doesn't I've done that before believe me my desk crumbled you saw it yeah I did I was like helping (laughs) Brittany move her desk and it just like collapsed it's like in 17 pieces so there you go that's what you get when you order something on Wayfair sometimes it just Yeah, you it's don't know the what best you're quality. Get. Yeah, yeah. And so when moving, you're talking about that. What are the top things you buy when you're moving? For me, before you answer this, I'm going to embarrass myself because for me, I buy a stupid shower curtain every single time we move. I yeah. think we've done that and an air mattress. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why we do that, but those are the two things that we buy. Yeah, we always do that too. I feel like it's hard too because you kind of forget about a shower curtain. Like you're just like, oh yeah, there'll be a shower. And you think about like when you go to the hotel hotel and they have a door, right? You don't have to bring your own shower curtain. So you're thinking like you're packing like for a hotel, but you're not. I feel like the baseball industry though has got it down. They do. Because they move. I mean, you and I, we have the potential to move like one time a year, right? Mm -hmm. But they move at least three times a year if they follow their significant other because they have their home base, they have their spring training house, and then they have their in-season house or apartment or whatever. 
And they're moving like three times a year. Yeah, it's wild. In this episode today, we chat with Jessica McCann, who has the significant other is James, who's a catcher for the Mets. And she has the best tips Mm -hmm. for moving, for keeping yourself and your life organized, um, and also just survival when going to these different places uh, for the sports industry. And I totally agree. Baseball takes the cake, but Jessica's got it down. She really does. I mean, some of her tips, I was like writing them down because I'm like, even though I'm not in the baseball industry, these are just such amazing tips. She has twin four-year-old boys and she's a busy mama. She is constantly chasing after those boys and they were preemies. So she talks about mm-hmm. being in the ice in the NICU with them and charities that are close to their heart because of that. And I think it's just such an interesting episode to hear the baseball perspective from somebody that's been in it for so long and then also starting a family within the baseball industry. Even if you're not in the baseball industry, you can take something from this because Brittany and I, like she said, have already learned so much. So make sure that you write some things down because it'll for sure help you. And we're excited for y'all to listen to this and we'll see you on the other side. We will be back in just a moment, but first we want to share a discount code from one of our favorite game day brands. I swear it is so hard to find clear game day bags that are stadium approved, but also cute. Every single year I'd purchase a game day bag from Amazon and it never failed that during the game my stuff would break and I'd be holding all of my items in my hand. And so we finally found sheer gear handbags and I have the EV with black trim and gold accents. Yeah, we absolutely love this brand. I personally have the Ella bucket bag with silver trim. What's great about these bags is that you can start the personalization from the beginning. There's the options of silver, black, and gold. And also you can select the color of your tassel, which can easily be changed out when you move. Every bag also comes with an accessory pouch, which will hide all of your intimate items. And you can customize this accessory pouch with your name or even your initials if you want to. So go to sheergear.com and use our promo code more than a season 10 for 10% off any clear bag. It's our favorite time of the week. It's episode Wednesday. Yes, we are excited about it. Yeah, we love talking about all of the deep diving topics that you guys bring our way. And one of the ones that came to our attention was parenting and surviving the chaotic lifestyle. I think it's only fitting that we toss this over to baseball because, as we know, Mm -hmm. baseball is the craziest of all the sports that we've explored so far. And so we brought on our special guest that's going to talk to us all about the baseball industry, all about being a mama, and we're going to let her introduce herself. Hey, y'all. I'm Jessica McCann. My husband is James McCann. He's the catcher for the New York Mets. We have twin four-year-old boys, Christian and Kane. And they keep us extremely busy. We live in Franklin, Tennessee in the off season. And we travel with with James wherever he goes throughout baseball season. So we go to spring training and then we go live with him full time um, in New York. Wow. Okay. So twin boys, I need to dive into this really quickly Mm -hmm. because I feel like those are your only kids. So that was like right off the bat, you have twin boys. What was that like? What was the first, like, give me a rundown of the first couple months of being a mom to twin boys. Twins, it rocked our world. People always ask, what's it like having twins? And we're like, we don't know. We, this is, this is our first, (laughs) these are our first kids. Like we don't have anything to compare it to. I feel like we just figure it out as we go. First of all, take you back a little bit. When I actually went to one of my first ultrasounds, I did not know I was having twins. We knew, we knew that we were pregnant. I had already told, you know, I'd already told James that we were pregnant 
and I'd already had one ultrasound. I go back for a second one and find out that there's two babies and James wasn't there. It was just me. He was actually at the field that day. And I was just like beside myself. Like you, you have to be kidding me. Twins don't run in the family. Um, This was just like totally spontaneous. Like we were the chosen ones. (laughs) So I I had to call James that day on my way home from the doctor because I wasn't going to see him until that night after the game. And there was no way that I could keep that to myself all day because we hadn't told our parents yet. We hadn't told anybody we were pregnant yet. So I call him and he's just like, you, you've got to be kidding me. You're making this up. I'm like, no, James, like, I, I could never make this up. Like this, this is real. So anyway, so we, that was really exciting that night to like talk it over. It was really scary. So having twins, first of all, our boys were born um, at 30 weeks gestation. So they were like 10 weeks early and um, we had kind of known throughout the pregnancy that there were some complications and that more than likely I would deliver them very premature. We were just hoping to get as far as we could. And yeah, so they were born at 30 weeks, about three weeks after we had actually moved here to Tennessee. And um, they spent seven weeks in the NICU um, at Vanderbilt Children's Hospital. And we cannot say enough good things about those people because they're the reason that we're here and we have healthy four-year-old boys that you would never, ever know that they were, that they were born premature. They're mm-hmm. fully caught up and wild and crazy. Um, so they were born, they spent seven weeks in the NICU and we actually left for spring training in Florida on their due date. Oh my gosh. So we drove and did a 13 hour road trip with these little boys that were just barely supposed to have even been here. So it's been a wild ride. So when you had them and you were like going to spring training, did you have someone come with you? Because he's gone like all day and then you're at home with two babies, not just one. Yes. So um, thankfully, my mom retired um, right before the boys were born. So she was able to travel with us. So she made that first road trip with us to spring training. And she was there with me because James has gone a lot. And she was able to be there with me for all the feedings and diaper changes and all, all the stuff, all the stuff that goes into it. It's so funny because I talked to friends that have babies and they said that it's so funny. Like you go into the hospital, you spend all this time, you have this, you know, you birth these babies and then they like hand them to you and you're like, okay, and then see you later. Like you have these two kids, you got to figure it out. And it makes me laugh because it's like, there's not really any guide. You kind of just figure it out as you go. And with that being said, with doctors and moving, give us some tips on, do you keep one doctor in one location or did you like transfer back and forth during all those? appointments how did you make that work since you are in Tennessee currently and then he plays for a whole different team and location right we always bounce around doctors like thankfully um, each team typically has a team doctor or sometimes even a team pediatrician that will take care of the families Um, so we were really fortunate with that at the time when the boys were born we were in Detroit so we played for the Detroit Tigers then we were in we were in such good hands there in Detroit we found a doctor there local as we found out that we were much more high risk, they referred us to a doctor in Ann Arbor, Michigan at University of Michigan Hospitals. And um, so we would, I would drive over there to start seeing the doctor. And then it was, it was really a God thing that we got put in the hands that we were put in because um, our doctor at University of Michigan knew somebody that knew somebody here at Vanderbilt. And we 
had let them know, like, we're going to be in the process of moving and here's our situation. We're all over the place. Like, and we just, obviously we need to be taken care of with the boys. So I actually keep a notebook with every doctor that we see and where we saw them. I keep, you know, I keep their address. I keep their phone number. I just want to have all of that to be able to look back to. That was a piece of advice I actually got from my brother who coaches baseball. They've moved around a lot. And he was like, if I were you, I would do that because you're going to be seeing all kinds of people, all kinds of places. So that would be like a huge tip that I would give to any, you know, anybody in the sports industry just to keep track of, of that kind of stuff. So you can look back at or if you ever need to call and get a record from from somebody like you, you have all that information. And I think sometimes in the moment you feel like, you know, you're going to remember, you're going to remember where that was or what it was, but you know, here we are four years later and I sometimes struggle just to remember what, you know, what we did in year one. Yeah. I think that's a great tip to have all of your information in one spot. So you don't have to constantly be trying to figure out what doctor you saw, what location. And then when you're moving to the next spot, you can have that. I think I'm going to take that for myself because I think that's just such a good point. And, you know, you said that you guys travel with him wherever he goes. So you have like your own homebound location, then you have a spring training location. How did you guys decide that? How did you come up with this plan in the very beginning of being in the baseball industry? Yes. So just to take you back a little, we met in college. Well, we didn't go to the same college, but we met while we were in college. I was in nursing school at Western Kentucky University and he played baseball at the University of Arkansas. And we actually, we had met through a mutual friend. So from the very beginning of our relationship, we were long distance. And I think because of that, like our relationship was really founded on like trust and communication, which it's, you know, trust, like that's cliche and you hear that, you know, but because we were long distance, like we, you know, we had to, we talked all the time. Like it was always checking in with each other. So the communication was there anyway. So then Obviously, we dated through college. And then when James was drafted, of course, he was gone like all during the summer playing ball and all that. And again, like the communication thing. When when we got engaged, we knew that, you know, I was working as a nurse at the time. And we knew that, you know, like we didn't want to we didn't want to be married and be apart. We, We needed we needed to be together because for us that was just no way to like start out, you know, start out fresh. So once we got married, it was just kind of a known thing. Like I'm going to leave my job and we're going to be together and we're going to go wherever life takes us. And thankfully it it's worked out really well. When James made his major league debut, he stayed in the major leagues and we've never had to go back down to the minor leagues, which we're really fortunate because a lot, a lot, a lot of families and couples have to have to deal with that. And that's a whole other ball game. But it was just a priority for us from day one. Both of us always valued our family over our friends. I mean, we we just family was just so important to both of us. That's one thing that we had in common. And we just knew that to make this work and for us to both be happy, like we we had to be together. Yeah, I think that that is just that is just so tough. And I know that with long distance, uh, Brittany and I have both done long distance and it is just so hard. And I think that at the end of the day, all that matters is you just want to be together and nothing else just is in the way. And so I think that after you just go through all those different chapters, you're finally like at the finish line and it is so worth it um, no matter what you go through. And with this entire journey, I want to know 
what has been the hardest part about being in the baseball world? Because a lot comes with it. And so dive into that and tell us how you felt so far with the journey. That is such a loaded question. I mean, just, just the lifestyle in general is hard. The, we pack up and move at least three times a year. And that's like, that's a minimum. That's what, you know, we, we leave um, and go to spring training. We leave spring training and go to um, regular season. And then we leave from regular season and we go back home. And there's not a lot of constants in our life. So that that's just super tricky. And, and then of course you bring kids into it and it's even more tricky because you're worried about how are they going to adapt to this lifestyle? And, you know, are they going to, are they going to be successful having done this, you know, for the early years of their life? So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to just really pinpoint one thing that's difficult, but like, I, I feel like overall, it's just the constant bouncing around, you know, we have a home here in Tennessee, but yet the majority of our year we spend now in New York. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we, we don't even have a home there. You know, we rent. So that's just hard. It's up to, it's hard to up and leave all of your things and, and your home and, you know, your extended family, the grandparents and all that kind of stuff. It's hard to do all of that um, multiple times a year. Yeah. I think that's the craziest part about this whole baseball industry is that you guys are constantly moving and the place that you're living at 90% of the year is actually not like your quote unquote home. So you're constantly picking up and you're moving from place to place and you have to kind of make that new space your home. So we definitely give you guys all of the credit when it comes to moving because you take the cake for sure. But have you guys talked about like when the boys go to go to school and like what you're going to be doing for that? What's your plan for when the boys are actually going to be attending school? We don't have a plan in place just yet. It, it's a it's a big topic for us right now because they are four and they're getting closer to that that time. I don't think that we're going to homeschool. A lot of people have a lot of success with that and it really works. For me and my husband, we've just never we've just never felt like that's probably the fit for us. So if I were to make a decision today, um, it would be a really, really hard one to do. But what it would be is I would stay home with the boys here in Tennessee and have them in school. And then we would just go visit, you know, when they get out in the summer, we would obviously spend the entire summer with Jane. And then obviously we would try to pull them from school to make, you know, longer visits and like, extend spring break and extend that kind of stuff. There's a family that we played with when we were in Detroit and they just like had it figured out. They had a really good system and we look up to them a lot and we kind of want to model the way that we handle the kids in school after them. And like they, they basically had a rule where um, like the kids don't go more than two weeks without seeing their dad. She wouldn't go more than a week without seeing him. So it's a lot of back and forth, but like, again, it goes back to that, like being together and like the sacrifices that you make to, to make sure that you're together as much as you can be. So again, if I were, if I were to make that decision today, that would be what we would do. Yeah. I think that that is just so important. Just at the end of the day, keeping the family unit together with all the outside factors going on, there is a lot to process. And especially those young kiddos that are just seeing that firsthand. I think that your plan is just so wonderful. And in past interviews, we have um, done an interview with Alexis Lakin and she talks about a five-day 
rule, meaning that they do not go five days without seeing their dad. And I just think that that is a wonderful practice to just have in your family and whatever works to keep that unit strong, I completely am in support of. I want to ask when you're moving from different locations and you're going from either an Airbnb, a hotel, an apartment, different things, how do you make it feel like home? Because these boys are so young and I feel like they could have, you know, to pack a teddy bear or a jacket or just anything to make it feel like it's theirs for that temporary time being. So what have you found that works most and best for your family to just make it feel settled during that time period? Before we leave and pack up to go to spring training, like we'll let the boys kind of go through their playroom and through their toys and just kind of pick out like, okay, what are some things you want to have with you? And I just think it's, I think it's really great just to kind of let them make that decision. Like, you know, we're going to guide them obviously, and we're not going to take the the huge, you know, train table and the workbench and all that. That's the thing too, is we have to take small things because we're packing everything up in two vehicles and, you know, moving it around with us so much. So obviously like the toys and that kind of thing. Another thing that we do, and it's so simple, so small, but like I always take like some sheets from home and like some blankets from home just so, because a lot of places that will rent, sometimes they're furnished. So like last spring training, we walked into this home and they had all their sheets on the bed. They had comforters and I'm just kind of weird about that. Like, I just don't really want to, you know, even, even if it's clean, I don't care. Like, I just don't really want to sleep in that. So we do always try to take like just a few, a few like comfort items like that. Um, and then, you know, we'll buy little things here and there just, you know, to, to make it seem more like what we have at home. Yeah. And I, I always say like, it's, it's such a wasteful lifestyle. And like, I hate that so much because I feel like, you know, you can, you bounce around so much. You can, you can buy this in Florida and then you go to New York and you buy it again. And then you're like trying to donate it at the end of the year. Cause you know that when you go home, you don't need three of them. Like, that's one thing. Like my husband gives me a hard time. He's like, we can't keep, we can't keep everything. I'm like, I know, but like, I hate to throw it away or like, I hate to go buy that because we already have two of them in a, in a storage tub. I feel like that would be so hard. Like remembering what you had there and being like, oh, I wish I could just go and get that real quick. But instead I have to go and buy a duplicate of the same exact item. Yeah. Well, and so that's one thing that we've also done through the years is I make a list just in my phone of things that we put in a tub and like left in New York. And that way I know I can like reference back to, okay, like, did we, did we leave that there or what, what do we have that way? Yeah. I can just go back and we're not, you know, duplicating everything that we have. Um, but yeah, that, that's another tip too that I would give people is just like keep a list or like we even have a tub that we literally, you know, we move it three times a year and it's got a little bit of like kitchen stuff like a few towels, like just some random little things like kitchen utensils, that kind of stuff that we just always take with us because we've rented some, we've rented some apartments before where you go in and like the pots and pans are all like, I don't know, super cheap stainless steel where everything sticks and it's like miserable to cook on. And so we learned that early on, like have a pot and a skillet that you take every year because then you're at least guaranteed those two kitchen items 
you'll have them and you know that you can use them. The planning that goes into <laughs> it is crazy. I mean, you guys have to think about all of these things that you would not normally think about for just like a weekend trip or a week trip. You have to think months in advance, which is just so wild. I mean, you guys are just definite organizers and we look up to you because that's crazy <laughs> to us. But I want to talk about going to games because let's get real. Going to games with two four-year-old boys. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to speculate here, but it seems like you go to the games quite a bit. We're at the games a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's one thing, you know, my husband is a position player being being a catcher, so he plays majority of of the days and Major League Baseball like you're playing every single day. It's not, you know, you get maybe I think like 20, 20 off days in a season. So every other day you're playing a game. So we try to go just because I don't know, my, my whole outlook on it is like, that's why we're here. Like we're here to support my husband. Like we're here to support their dad. Um, that's, that's just our job at, at this point in our life is like to be there for him and whatever. So yes, it is. It's crazy. Thankfully though, um, a lot of baseball teams will provide like a family a family room we just call it the family room at the stadium and um, it's where like the players kids can all go and like just hang out and play with each other where they don't have to sit through the three hour three and a half hour games um, and they can have fun and eat and you know just kind of it's kind of like a daycare or a school yeah, I think that it's so it's so fun to hear all the stories about having the little kids come and watch their dad play. And I think that's something that's so memorable because they will definitely remember that. I feel like growing up is watching that and not every kid gets that experience. And I think that's so cool. And I want to know some tips for entertainment at the ballpark, though. So do you walk around in circles a lot? Is the concession stand the main food group of the day? What do you do to keep them entertained for nine innings plus plus? <laughs> Oh man. So we, we do snacks and snacks and snacks. Yes. The boys think that every day is like a day at the fair. Like, Oh, we should get, we should get chicken tenders and fries. We should get cotton candy. Yeah. I'm like, I'm secretly pulling for them to start liking hot dogs because I'm like, okay, at least that's, that's like an easy ballpark food. My kids will not eat a hot dog. They won't eat, they won't eat it plain. They won't eat it on a bun. They won't eat hot dogs. So that I'm like, you're not a baseball kid if you don't learn to like a hot dog. So that's just a side note. But we take their ball and glove and they do their little games and play with each other and whatever. Of course, that's a benefit to having boys. For girls, I'm clueless. I don't know how, I don't know how you entertain a little girl at a baseball game. Um, don't ask me that. But one thing I like to do is like go to Dollar Tree and I'll get little activity pads or just little like inexpensive activities that I can take that will be something new for them to have at the ballpark, just something to occupy them for five or 10 minutes or less or whatever. So we do that. And then, yeah, we'll, we'll walk laps. And then, um, like I said, like the, they have a family room there where the kids can go play. So a lot of times what I will actually do is like split time. Like they can go, they'll go to the family room for part of the game. And they're actually at an age now where they want to see some of the game. So they'll come with me and sit for part of it and then they'll go to the family room and just, just kind of do go back and forth just to get us through. That is awesome that they provide a family room for you guys to kind of take a break and just get away from all of the craziness for a little bit and kind of have some place for the boys to decompress. Do all of you guys, all the significant others sit all together or what does that look like at the field? Yeah. So 
last year was our first season in New York. So last year for me, I was the new girl. There were a lot of us that were new girls. So I'm excited moving into 2022 that I'm not really a new girl anymore, that I at least kind of know my way around the stadium and all that kind of stuff. As women, like we don't get to pick our friends in in this style. Like, you know, it's one thing that I've talked with my husband about a lot is, you know, he gets traded to a new team or we sign with the new team and it doesn't really matter if you all have a lot in common or not. Like the common goal is like, you're trying to win or because of that you bond and, you know, maybe you have a close friend, maybe you don't, but like you all show up at the field every day to do the same thing. And for the women, it's not really like that. So you have people from all over the country and other countries, different walks of life, and we're all thrown together. I think like that's something for me that's been really good to remember is like, we didn't all grow up the same way. We didn't all, you know, our priorities are different. Like we're just not all the same. So that makes it tricky when, when you're trying to build relationships and all that, because, you know, there, there may be years where there's really nobody that you're compatible with, or, or there might be years, you know, there, there are a couple of friends that I've made from other teams that we will, we will be in touch for the rest of our lives. I love the way that you put that because it is so true that we are all coming from different places, the way that we were raised, everyone is just a little bit different and you don't have to be a hundred percent best friends with every single person that you have been placed on a team with, but you are all there for the same reason and it's to support the team, which leads into my next question, the community aspect. So being on different teams and a part of different organizations and what city they're located in, I feel like that is a lot to dive into. So what have you found works best for you to just be a part of the community? So one of the priorities for me and my husband has been, you know, being involved in the community and wanting to give back. And, you know, while New York is not a place that we ever in our life would have thought we would live, we feel like it's important in our time there that we, you know, we want to make the most of our time there. We want to dive in the community. We want to be able to give back through baseball because baseball gave so much, has given so much to us. This past season in New York with COVID, it was extremely difficult to really do much in the community just because the city of New York, for one, but like the baseball team had restrictions on what we could and couldn't really be involved in. Actually, my husband and I, we we do not currently have a foundation. That's something that we would love to uh, create, but we choose to specifically give back to the NICU. And we give back to our NICU here in Tennessee because that's obviously the one where our boys were. But we have made it a thing every year, opening day, Mother's Day and Father's Day, we like to give to all the families in the NICU. So just just to let somebody know that like we're thinking of them and we've been in your shoes, like it seems like a nightmare. It seems like it's, you know, something you're never going to come out of. But we just feel like, you know, we always wanted to give back and we always hoped that we would find like, what's our, what's our niche? Like, what do we want to do? And, you know, having the boys in the NICU, like that just gave us our answer. That was, that, that was the answer. So for our family specifically, that's what we want to do in the communities. In years past, what we would do is actually go visit the NICU ourselves. Our boys have never gotten to go. But um, we would just go visit the NICU, see some of the families, 
just say hello and 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 those those people in those moments like just to know that there's somebody else that's been in their shoes and that's like survived it that just means the world it meant the world to us when we were there and um so yes yeah, so we like to go visit there's also like cuddle programs at at NICUs where you can go and actually hold the babies and give them love because some of the, some of the babies don't have a mom and dad that are that are able or don't even don't even come to see them. So that that's our passion. So we specifically like to do that. Love to do things like with the wives and get out in the community and and do some like fun community involvement. So I'm hoping this year in New York, I'm hoping they can get back to a little bit of that. Wow, what a cool job to be able to cuddle newborns. I feel like I would just love that. I think that's so cool that you get to go and tap into your community in that way. And especially since it has such a personal impact for y'all, I think that is just so important. And, you know, we have one final question. We always ask this at the end of every single interview. If you could go back in time and tell yourself just starting out in the baseball industry, one thing that you've learned that would help you today, what would it be? So I was actually given a piece of advice when I was actually engaged to James, I was at a, I was at a baseball game sitting in the stands and one of the coaches wives told me, you know, if there's one thing that I can tell you, it would be travel as much as you can go do all the things you want to do before you have kids, regardless of kids. That's one thing that I would tell somebody the the baseball life, any sports industry life, but the baseball life is so short lived, like it just doesn't last forever. I just think you you need to enjoy that while while you're in it, because one day you're going to wake up and like it won't be there. And there's there's been plenty of times that I've thought, man, it would be really nice to like have a normal summer and like get to like go to the lake, get to do things that normal people do in the summer or go on a vacation, or whatever. And it's so easy to like go down a rabbit hole of those thoughts and want something else, like want something that you don't have. But with that being said, like the, the life that we get to live, the travel, the life experiences, everything, like it's, it's so unique and so special that I really can't even imagine doing anything else. Like I, I feel like I, I just try to make the most of that. And I like, that would be my probably biggest piece of advice for me. I left a job to go into this baseball life with my husband. And it was actually a job. Like I knew from a very early age that I wanted to be a nurse and lots of reasons go into that. But I was so passionate about that. I always wanted to be in that position to help people. So, you know, it's, it's easy to think like, man, I, you know, I went to school and I did all that and I don't even do it anymore. Like you can kind of lose your sense of identity, I think. And this goes for like baseball wives and girlfriends, but it also goes for like moms. Like you, you can just easily lose your sense of identity. Like, who am I? Like, what do I do? I just follow my husband around. Like, that's what kind of life is that? But like, it's, it's just such a unique life and such a blessing. Like, I just think if you can, if you can take a step back and like look at it that way, I think you'll wake up one day and be really glad that you did. Yeah, I love that answer. And I think that is just such a great point to make that it truly is just a small reminder to change our perspective for the positive. And we loved having you on. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your journey and your story and giving us a glimpse inside your lifestyle that y'all live each day with your two little boys. And so we will be keeping up with your journey and all the ballpark fun in the future 
if one of our listeners or followers wants to find you, where can we locate you? Yes. So my name on Instagram is Jess McCann three. So you can find me there. I'm pretty active. Post a lot of stuff with the boys in in baseball season. I start posting a lot more. So thank you so much again. And thank you to everyone that's listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on more than a season podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at more than a season podcast for the latest updates. If you've enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe, or leave us a review on your choice of platform. See you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.